This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today on the podcast, we talk to uh, Ambassador David Friedman uh, about the developments in in uh, Israel uh, and the Middle East with the new uh, big deal uh, peace arrangement that's been going on there. Uh, we talk to Pat Gray, who comes in, and we do a segment of just shocking news, news you just will not believe. Uh, at least it's stunning to the media. I'm not sure if it'll be surprising to you. Uh, Robbie George joins us about how academics are being attacked for any conservative views. Um, and we talk about a little bit about Herschel Walker, who uh, former, of course, NFL running back, Heisman Tro- Trophy winner, who wound up uh, a really uh, an interesting conversation with Glenn on the podcast that comes out this weekend. If you're subscribed to this podcast, you'll get it in your feed. Uh, uh, luckily, Glenn doesn't spend too much time on sports because that would just be, you know, obviously terrible because uh, he wouldn't know what to ask. But uh, Herschel Walker's story is fascinating, and they go through that. You can get access to that uh, on this podcast feed this weekend, or if you have Blaze TV, you can get it uh, there right now. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off. You can subscribe there. Also, check out Stu Does America tonight. Talk about a really big accomplishment of the Trump administration on tonight's program. Uh, you can watch that on YouTube. Just search for Stu, my name, and I'll be the first one there. Here's the podcast. strange than Barack Obama winning the Nobel Prize uh, for peace before he did anything, only to then follow that up with a massive disaster in the Middle East that led to the Arab Spring and uh, and led to the wonderful alliance that we had with uh, uh, with Iran. And yet everyone is now looking at Donald Trump and saying he's a monster. Uh, He has reversed everything in the Middle East. And now we have uh, another embassy being built and another ally coming out and saying, yep, we recognize Israel and we're working with Israel. This is a this is one of the biggest success stories of any presidency in my lifetime what's been happening in the middle east what's been happening when donald trump uh moved the embassy to jerusalem and now this uaa uh, uae deal we have uh ambassador to israel from the united states david friedman on uh with us david uh this is i'm hearing from the new york times and everybody else this is no big deal. It's uh, really, you know, kind of sketchy, whatever they're saying. Donald Trump did the opposite of Barack Obama, and it is paying off big time. Tell me about this deal. Uh, hi, Glenn. Uh, it's good to be with you. Well, look, you know, if it Thank was you. no big deal, why, if it was no big deal, why didn't the Obama administration get it done? I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it, it is uh, it, it is a big deal. And, you know, look, uh, 
in this business, we're all prone a little bit to hyperbole, but uh, we all use the word historic probably too often. But not here. Not here. I mean, this is an incredibly significant breakthrough. Look, an Arab country hasn't recognized Israel in 26 years. And what's happened here is that, uh, you know, after being not just neglected, but really abandoned, that I would say even betrayed by the Obama administration... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Over the la- over over that term, you know, both both Israel and the Emirates, because this uh, insane uh, deal that the president that uh, President Obama made with Iran was equally threatening to Israel and the Emirates alike. Um, you know, after those eight years, the president comes in and says, "You know what?" Um, he says to our by far our greatest ally in the region, I think our greatest ally in the world, Israel, and to an, an, an ever-increasingly important friend and ally, the Emirates, the president restored trust uh, between America and these two countries. And, you know, it's, it's tough to rebuild trust. You know, in human relations, when you betray somebody, it's awfully hard to regain their trust, and it was, it was not yeah. easy to re- regain the trust, but he did. And and now um, you know you have uh, you have this historic moment, which I believe the president referred to it as an icebreaker, and I think it's going to cascade uh, and and really change the paradigm of the Middle East. Israel will so, become safer, more prosperous, and secure. So that is that's one of the questions. Do you see this? Uh, embassy building and uh, open relation, good relations with Israel cascading into Saudi Arabia or any of these other uh, countries? Well, look, without, you know, I don't want to um, put pressure on any particular country because, you know, yeah. We, we were able right, to achieve success with the Emirates by really keeping it quiet. You know, the, you know, in, in Washington, everything leaks, right? This is one of the this huge secret, you know, was just kept under wraps until we announced it. I want to give all the other countries the same space and the same opportunity sure. to answer your question. Sure. sure. Of, of course, of course, this is going to have an effect. The first country is always the hardest. The second country is the next more difficult, the next most difficult. And three, four, five, it really just becomes easier and easier and easier uh, because they all have cover and they all, you know, there's safety in numbers. And, um, of course, we see this happening because all these countries, first of all, you know, there's a common threat, which is always helpful, you know, in terms of diplomacy. But it's not just the common threat from Iran. There's huge upside here. All these countries are trying to emerge from, you know, for kind of tribal conflicts and ancient grievances, move into the 21st century, you know, gain access to technology, defense mechanisms, cybersecurity, you know, bio defense, all the things that Israel, you know, punches way above its weight. And, and, and they want to be with Israel and they want to be with the United States. That's the future. That's the future of, of the world. And, and they're starting to recognize it. So the the embassy being moved by the United States into Jerusalem, which everyone always said, lead to war, lead to war, lead to war. Everything mm-hmm. that Donald Trump has done, and I think Kushner deserves an awful lot of credit. I was not I was not a fan of the Trump administration or Kushner at the very beginning. But the proof is in the pudding. I was absolutely wrong on so much of almost everything that I said that I thought Donald Trump would do (laughs) Um, in the Middle East. He is uh, they deserve the credit. How much of this came from two things? One, the moving of the embassy and two, this uh, go ahead. Just you know what? West Bank. That's what you want to call it. Take it. Mm -hmm. Take it. Yep. How much of this was Donald Trump's kind of 
Tiffany's story. I don't know if you know that story of Tiffany's, but his negotiating skills. Yeah, the signal was enormously important, Uh, beginning with Jerusalem. uh, You know, it was the law of the land for 25 years and ignored by uh, by Clinton, Bush and Obama alike. Um, The president says, look, um, I made a promise to do this. Uh, it's very important to my credibility in the region to keep my promise. Look, in, in, in the Middle East, you know, you're, you have two things. You have credibility and you have strength. If you have those two things, mm-hmm. you ha- you, you ha- there's, there's, the, there's the possibility of success. If you don't have both of them, and, and frankly, Obama had neither, but if you don't have both of them, you know, you're, you're, you're heading into a quagmire. And so the president said, look, I made this promise. I'm going to keep my promise. And I'm not going to be threatened by, you know, rogue regimes that are threatening the United States. Nobody threatens the United States. We're not going to have some, you know, some some small terrorist group threaten the United States. That was an enormous signal, and it signaled to the uh, it signaled to to Israel, of course, that you know that 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 he had their back, and it signaled to the other nations that he could be trusted, that he could be counted upon, and and they, and and they said, look, we we want to be with him, you know, we don't want to be with uh, with some kind of weak guy. This is not the part of the world to be. Uh, to be weaker, to be hesitant. And, and, and it really, I think, set him up for this, this particular success yesterday. How concerned do you think UAE and Saudi Arabia and everybody else in the Middle East uh, is, our allies, that uh, if you would listen to the press, there's no way Donald Trump is going to win? Um, and the threat of not just a reversal of the Trump uh, policies here, but even more Marxist uh, tendencies and more love from for you know the UAE's enemies of uh, Iran and and everything else, are they concerned at all about this election uh, going and turning the tide back towards the? Uh, former administration. Well, of, of course they are. Of course they are. I mean, when when it's 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 not the it's the policies. It's not the people. It's the policies. Uh, when 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 people are campaigning on a promise to re-enter the JCPOA, uh, th- that that's a mortal threat to all these countries. I mean, you're talking about empowering the largest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. You know, people who have, you know, fanatical Islamic extremists that um, that are threatening to destroy Israel and frankly threatening the region. And look, you know, I you know, I come from a family of Holocaust survivors. My view is, you know, when someone threatens to kill the Jews, you better take them seriously. And um, every time. And, unfor- and unfortunately, that, that wasn't the case uh, in the last administration. And I, I really, you know, I yep. think everyone, everyone is petrified about that possibility. So one one last question, and it's kind of uh, off of the UAE deal. By the way, just congratulations and congratulations to the administration. Legitimately, if this was a legitimate organization, he should receive the Nobel Prize for this. This is a massive, massive deal. Um, but let me let me stay in the Middle East and just talk to you a little bit about Beirut. Um, another really devastating blow to uh, Iran and Hezbollah, um, but they're not going to take this sitting down. It looks like that bomb was t- it wasn't a bomb, but it was bomb making supplies and and uh, all nefarious stuff. Uh, it wasn't fireworks. 
it looks like uh, Hezbollah is on the run in uh, Beirut and uh, the people are turning against them. But they're not going to take this lying down. What do you see for the future in uh, Beirut, in the immediate future? I think in the immediate future we'll see tension between the uh, the people of Lebanon and, and Hezbollah. Hezbollah is never... Never, and this is true of all these other terrorist groups as well. You know, they've never been good at governing. You know, Hamas is an abject failure at governing the Gaza Strip. Hezbollah is an abject failure. They brought nothing but misery, uh, misery and more misery to their people. Um, the problem is this: the problem is that they have a lot of weapons. Just like same thing with Hamas. It's really identical to Hamas in the Gaza Strip. They got a lot of weapons. Mm-hmm. It's a brutal regime. No human rights, no respect for uh, for any uh, any human rights at all. So in those environments, and Iran is no different. You know, the the people are miserable, and the people are ready to rise up. But you know, uh, it, it's it's really hard to rise up against a brutal regime that you is uh, massive, massively more powerful. Uh, I'm praying for the people of Lebanon that they can somehow eject Hezbollah. They've done nothing, nothing but disaster for the people of Lebanon. And uh, it's, 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 it's the same as the Palestinians in Gaza. Um, it's, it's, it's a heartbreaking situation. And I would, under, I, would, uh, I would guess that unlike the Obama administration, if the people did rise up, that we would at least have very vocal moral support for, for those freedom fighters and the people who are crying out. Yeah, yeah, we, we've done that all around the world. I mean, it's not just in the Middle East. I mean, we have it right in our own backyard in Venezuela. I mean, yes, we are on record as supporting the, the people who rise up against these brutal, oppressive regimes. David, thank you very much. Thank you for your service to the uh, country uh, and uh, to peace in the Middle East. Um, again, congratulations on this. And I hope we have four more years to uh, truly cement uh, the what what's happening uh, with the United States and Israel? I agree with you. They are our number one ally. I also agree with you. When somebody says they're going to kill you uh, and wipe you out, uh, you better listen to them every single time, especially when they have a track record of doing it. Amen. Thank you, Glenn. Great talking to you. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Well, we're going to talk about Herschel Walker. It is the most fascinating, the most jaw-dropping, and the most inspiring interview I think I've ever done. Huh. Uh, it's, a, it's an interview wow. with Herschel Walker. Uh, I, we premiered it for Blaze subscribers last night. You can still get it uh, at Blaze TV. Everyone, it'll be available for everybody on Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock. It is a don't miss. This thing is is just it's it's uh, did you know that he had split personality disorder i've never heard that before no i had no idea so i started doing my research on him or i think everybody else would just go to sports i'm not interested in sports uh poor herschel walker with me um (laughs) but i think i did ask him one good sports question about his trade to the vikings from cowboys at the end but um the uh uh I'm doing my research on it and I'm reading stuff that I'm like, this can't be true. Is this a different Herschel Walker um, that he has split personality disorder? Uh, and that's like Sybil. 
Um, he described it as that. And he's like, I'm not Sybil. I, I don't. I, I, that's not me. I don't have that. But he does have that. He's been diagnosed with it. He went to the hospital for a while to uh, uh, to deal with it. Um, and uh, from according to the I, I didn't go deep into it because I don't want to dwell on, you know, he'll tell me what he wants to tell me. And he brought this up. Um, but uh, he talked about how his uh, personality on competitiveness uh, is so strong that he said when people would come over and they would challenge him to anything, anything. He said, I would take a revolver out of my safe and I would put one bullet in it with them standing there and I'd spin the barrel and I'd put it against my temple and I'd pull the trigger. And he said people would be shocked and they'd be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you crazy? Are you? And he's like, no, I'm going to win. Are you willing to do that? I'm willing to give it everything. I'm going to win. And he said that personality, that's that's one of the, I think, six personalities uh, that I read that he had. Uh, and it's just it's why he is so good at everything, because that personality is so strong. And it came from uh, an experience that he talked about in this podcast. That's amazing. Um, he was uh, a fat kid. A kid with problems with his knees. Uh, I got the impression kind of a sickly kid. And he went into uh, the doctor when he was, gosh, maybe 10. Uh, and the doctor said in front of him to his mom, he's never going to uh, amount to anything. Uh, he's he's just not going to have the strength. So kind of keep him comfortable. Uh, and, uh, that's kind of what his life is going to be like. And he got into the car and his mom turned to him and said, Herschel, he is not our doctor. We have one doctor and he is God. And you only listen to him. Don't you listen to that doctor? But he was beat up. He was the, the kid that everybody made fun of. And in the eighth grade, he got beat up. And that's when this character took over. And uh, he said, never again. And he had a speech impediment. He was fat. He couldn't run. Uh, all of these physical problems. Uh, and in that summer, he started doing 5,000 sit-ups and push-ups a day. Whoa. And wow. then went to the library and researched speech impediments and started working on his speech impediment and started learning. He graduated. He was an, a zero in eighth grade, the ninth grade, everything. He said, I came back to school a different person. And as it turns out, he was a different person. Mm. Um, but he came back, this muscle bound kid that now was the fastest runner, uh, and smart. He was first in the class. Uh, he graduated uh, valedictorian. Uh, was he really? Uh, I didn't know yeah. that either. I didn't know he was yeah. valedictorian of his high school class. He huh. totally changed everything. Everything. Uh, and when you hear his downs and his twists and turns and then his willingness just to work hard... It's so inspiring. So inspiring. Pretty awesome. So no wonder he's and, 
fairly successful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and okay. you know what? Do you do you even know that he is like one of the biggest restaurant suppliers uh in the country? Did you know that? I'm starting to think I don't know anything about Herschel Walker. <laughs> right. Did he play football I or is that? <laughs> yeah. I have never heard any of these stories and I'm yeah. I'm not surprised that I haven't heard him because I don't know anything about sports or follow sports figures. Um but I I was surprised that people haven't said to me his whole story because he's the he's one of the most fascinating people I've ever I've ever talked to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is. Did you know he was a ballet dancer? Uh, that I did. I saw on a uh, NFL presentation on him. Yes, I have. OK, seen that. so a ballet dancer. He's a bobsledder. Uh, he, uh, he was, uh, uh, there's another one that, uh, he's done that is just so odd. He's then, uh, one of the most successful businesses for, uh, supplying restaurants with their, you know, their goods and their needs, Mm. um, in the country, everything this guy does, it just is a wild success. His son is going into uh, uh, college next year. He's going to, well, I better not say that. I don't, well, his son says it, UCLA. Um, And, I mean, he is. Playing football? No. No? No. Oh, really? Uh, Ah. And he is, he's only a sophomore in high school, and he's already graduated and was accepted to UCLA. Wildly smart. Um, but really outspoken. If you follow, if you look for him uh, on his Instagram page, uh, he has the facts down. He's like taking on Black Lives Matter, and he's like, really? You say Black Lives Matter. How about this, 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 and this? I mean, he's really well-spoken and really super smart, Mm -hmm. Uh, except uh, I don't think he gets it. In one of his videos I watched, he was talking about how uh, excited he was uh, because he's just going to make so many friends at UCLA. I'm like, dude, you're not going to make any friends at UCLA. <laughs> just none, none. Uh, so that is a uh, podcast that comes out tomorrow for the general public, wherever you get your podcast, you can download that tomorrow at three o'clock. Uh, if you're a blaze subscriber, you got it last night. You can watch it today. It's really good. There's an, one other thing. Um, have you, have you, Pat been reading and following the UFO stories as uh, much as I have been. To a certain extent, I don't know about as much, but I I have been following them. Yeah. So what is your what is your thinking on what's going on? I think that we're being visited by by people from other planets. Right. Yeah. And are yeah. we are we slowly being brought to that? Uh, I mean, like why it, is the go- it, def- it does, it doesn't it? Definitely seems like it. Yeah, it seems like they're just trying to break it to us slowly because I, I don't know if they think people are going to freak out religiously over it. I, it doesn't bother me religiously at all. Doesn't bother me. Why at would all. it? I mean, why wouldn't the same right. God have created all of us? Anyway, uh, yeah, it does seem like they're just breaking t- breaking it to us gently, if you will. And uh, now they've decided we can handle it. I guess maybe we're to the point of sophistication or- that. That we can take it. Or, or we are at a place to where intervention is coming. I mean, or not intervention, but uh, it's like, guys, it's uh, mm. they're here all the time. 
um, uh, there is there's a couple of stories that came out. I did a big UFO special on the Friday exclusive. I don't know about four months ago, um, and it was huge. And I'm talking to the experts. I'm not talking to UFO conspiracy theories. In fact, I'm talking to two guys uh, that never believed in UFOs. Um, they worked um, uh, for the military. And uh, the guy who runs this organization now was asked by General, uh, gosh, he was the he was the guy for the surge. What was his name? Uh, General. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, I can't he, you know, the, either. yeah, yeah. Um, but he was asked. Uh, he asked him, he said, do you believe what are you, what are your thoughts on UFOs? And the guy was like, I don't have any thoughts on UFOs. And he's like, uh, but do you believe in them? He's like, honestly, I haven't even thought about it. I I don't think it's relevant at all. So who cares? And the general said, you're perfect to run this. And so he went in and this is now coming out in stories. I've read two stories on this and I want an answer. Two stories. One, I think, was like in the New York Times. And they say that uh, the army has just made a deal with his company to... Um, take the technology that we have uh, found or acquired that is best described as otherworldly to repurpose uh, the technology for uh, flight and defense. And no article will ever say, uh, what acquired technology? What, what, where did we acquire that? When did we acquire that? What is it that we have? And I'm going to ask the guy who's the head of this, this company that uh, works with the defense department, that question tonight. I can't wait to hear the answer. Uh, did you read the, I think it was a New York times article a couple of weeks ago that said, uh, there's no belief in UFOs anymore. It's not a matter of belief. It's a matter of science now. So yeah, it's that fact. means it's gone beyond. We don't believe they're here. We have evidence. We have proof that they're here. So did you see the uh, did you see the the possible drone strike on one of our uh, nuclear power plants? Did you see that in the news? Uh, yeah, where they had the swarm there. Is that what? You're yeah, talking? they had a swarm and mm-hmm. they can't figure out who did it. And yeah. I don't think this was aliens, but. The last time he was on, we talked about how science is proving this stuff because now we we have it all on record. But how we are specifically how these alien or otherworldly ships are specifically targeting our nuclear sites Mm -hmm. uh, and our military Um, and they are tracking us and we are tracking them in weeks at a time. So we have them locked on for weeks at a time, and they are looking at all of our wow. our nuclear plants and our nuclear uh, facilities for mm-hmm. weapons mm-hmm. and our military. It's kind of hard to. I mean, it's not weird it's though phenomenal. because what are they? What are they? What is their interest in that? They got to be way beyond anything we can do if they can interplanetary is, travel. Yeah, I'm going to talk to him about it again tonight. But the last time I talked to him about it, he said. They are just sending us a message. You can track us, but you can't stop us. 
Uh, and mm. it's a it's a pretty frightening thing. So yeah. we'll, we'll have more on that tonight, the Friday <laughs> exclusive. Both of those things, if you're a subscriber to Blaze TV, you get both of those things today uh, with your subscription. So join us, uh, Blaze uh, TV.com, Blaze TV.com slash Glenn, and use the promo code Glenn, and you will save 10%. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. I wanted to talk to you uh, about uh, evil, really. And and I really, truly believe, and maybe you don't, but I do believe in the force of evil. And I believe we are seeing it right now conspire against the freedoms of man and uh god is always on the side of liberty and freedom uh freedom from fear uh that man cannot provide but uh christ can god can and i saw this story uh about this exorcist his name is uh reverend bill bean and uh, for a minute i was hoping it was mr bean uh when he was doing his uh, reverend thing because that's quite funny but uh, it's not. This guy is a, a world-renowned exorcist, and he was talking about how uh, this force of evil is absolutely real. And he said, you know, I've seen everything that was in The Exorcist. Um, and so he's joining us now, author of Dark Force Revisited, a spiritual deliverance minister, uh, which I would think you would just call an uh, an exorcist uh, his name is Reverend Bill Bean, and he's joining us now. How you doing, Hi, Reverend? Glenn. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. So, so Bill, I, I have to ask you that, uh, you know, I, I believe in the force of evil. I do believe yeah. uh, in uh, that Satan is real and these things happen. Uh, but when you when you go into the world of, and now we've got an exorcist on, you just, yeah. it feels like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm not crazy. I'm not going that far. You know what I mean? Well, our world what is, is stranger this? than fiction, my friend. We are, yeah. <laughs> we're living in days that, uh, you know, 20 years ago, if you would have said that uh, we were living in these types of times and these, some of these things were happening, people would have called us uh, lunatics. I know, I know. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, uh, because I do believe that this this force is growing uh, at an exponential rate. Um, and uh, we are in the battle and possibly the biblical battle of 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 all time. Um, yeah. And are you seeing an increase of this? You know, what do you see? Well, first of all, I lived at Glen. I was a victim. Uh, I was victimized horribly in childhood in my family. Uh, let's just say those demonic forces greatly contributed to the destruction of my family. And this is why God called me to do this work, because I've been there. I know what it's like to suffer. So I take it very personally, and I'm very driven to do the best that I can by the power of God to help people. So what I'm seeing now, yes, is a major increase in people uh, being under this form of whether you want to call it demonic oppression, strongholds. And yes, there are some cases where people are uh, completely possessed. And I would say to those out there that are listening in and maybe saying right now, oh, this man's a crazy man. 
Well, maybe not so much if you were to see it for yourself, and I wouldn't wish it on anybody. You say that you have seen the things like levitation in exorcisms. How come, if that's true, how come we haven't seen video evidence of it? How come we don't ever have any real evidence? Well, I could tell you this. In in the cases that I've been involved in, when people are suffering at that level, they don't want attention. They don't want people to know that they are suffering in this way. And I believe me, I... Again, I know what it's like to suffer, and I know that when I was suffering, and my mother, who suffered more than any other person I've ever seen in my life, she was so embarrassed and ashamed, and she didn't want people to know about it. So that's my best answer for that. And I know that we live in a world of, you know, the instant video or picture or whatever. I understand that. But uh, when people are really suffering like this, Glenn, they don't want people to know. So when you say your mother suffered from this, uh, do you believe she was possessed by a demon? She wasn't possessed, but she was being attacked. I, too, as a child, was attacked by demonic forces on a regular basis. Uh, And my mother suffered brutal. How would you define that? How do you define that? What would would that? Okay. In her case, um, she was being... In her sleep, she'd be awakened in her sleep by these things that were choking her. My mother had cuts and bruises and scratches on her, bite marks. I mean, just horrific things, Glenn. And my dad left home in 1975 uh, when I was nine years old. And I'm thankful that he did leave home because uh, for three years prior to his leaving, he viciously attacked my mother on a regular basis. And uh, it... I suffered so much trauma in childhood. I mean, we'd, we'd be here all day long if I were to list these things. But uh, I know what it's like to suffer. I've seen the horrific sufferings of my mother. And then uh, I was to a point in my life, to be honest with you, uh, after neither of my parents lived to see 50, by the way. My mother died at the age of 44 from a cerebral hemorrhage, and my father was shot to death at the age of 48. And I've had many other tragedies in my family as well. I have very little family left. And that left me, after the uh, passing of my mother, which she died two months uh, and two days later uh, from my grandmother, who suddenly died. Those were the two closest people to me in my life. And once they were gone, I didn't have a desire to live anymore. Now, I wasn't going to slip my wrist or take pills or anything like that, but I can tell you, I wanted somebody to come up and put a gun to my head and pull the trigger. I did not want to live anymore. So I went through that for so long, and then I had an epiphany one day that maybe I could do better and be better. I dropped out of school in the eighth grade. I lied about my age. I went to work. I grew up on the streets. I hung out with the worst of the worst people. Mm. Um, I could very easily be dead or in prison, but God had a plan for my life, and I fully understand that now. So he saved me. I've been in so many life-threatening situations, and each and every time, God saved me, and I understand perfectly well now because he works through me to help people. I'm nothing special, Glenn, but I can assure you of this. God has worked through me to do extraordinary things for people uh, all over the world. It's just mind-boggling, and I can never thank God and praise God enough for that. And yes, I truly believe that not only are we seeing an uptick in these cases, we are also... Uh, in my opinion, in biblical times, 
And I am urging people, and look, I can't force anybody to do anything, nor do I want to. God gave us free will. However, I'm urging people to open their eyes and see what is taking place right now, and it's only by God that we are going to be spared and get out of this. Only by God. And I, I, I agree with you. I think we are living in uh, those days foretold. Um, I don't think that th- this is, I think this is the warm-up act. Uh, I don't think mm-hmm. we're actually engaged in the end times as the warm-up to it. But uh, it is, uh, it's remarkable. I never, I remember saying on the air 20 years ago, I can't imagine a time where, we will not be able to understand the other side, that we will think they're evil and they'll think we're evil. Uh, and it will be very clear to each one of us. Uh, and we won't be able to understand the other side. We're there. Yeah, we're there. No, I agree. And the devil's very clever in these types of tactics. So these are divide and conquer tactics. So if you can get uh, everybody against everybody, well, there you go. This is right out of his playbook, and yeah. this is what he's doing, and this plan is unfolding, and I'm urging people, please, stop, look, listen, think, and most of all, treat others how you would like to be treated. And if everybody could suddenly stop and apply that to their life, boy, wouldn't the world change drastically. Yeah. It's, um, it's remarkable to me that we miss... A couple of things. Um, one, that the author of chaos is mm-hmm. Satan. He's the Correct. author of chaos. And look at how chaos is being promoted and embraced. If you're part of a chaotic movement, you're on the wrong side. And then the other thing on, on, the, on the, the Christian side um, is how many people... Um, appear to have almost a a, a paper thin belief in God to where yeah. they'll say, "Yeah, well, you know, God, you know, God's not going to save us from this. We have to say, no, no, no. We have to do the right things by God, and Correct. by and then God will save us. You know what I mean? It's you it's are, uh, boy, it's God bless you, Glenn. You're so awake. You get it." You understand it. You're one of the very few. You are so fortunate and so blessed that your eyes are wide open to the truth. And, man, it's an honor to be on with you because you really get it. Well, thank you very much. I, uh, I appreciate it. Um, um, Most people don't uh, get it. They're, they're walking around. And here's another thing that the devil does. He doesn't care if you believe in him or not. He wants you to be puffed up in yourself. So Jesus was selfless. He would do anything for anybody, and he put himself last. He put others before himself. It's the devil who's selfish. Look at our society now. It's all about me. And, and so, it, again, it's right out of the devil's playbook to have everybody walking around in this type of haughtiness. They don't need God. Are you kidding me? They think they are God. Yeah. And they, uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, the best thing the uh the devil ever did for himself was to convince the world that he didn't exist uh yeah. and uh and it's uh it's it's quite an amazing thing i read an article um from the satanists of america uh this week and they were actually saying well here's the thing we don't actually believe in satan <laughs> really <laughs> really 
it's well, it's, rebellion uh, it's is an a incredible game. witchcraft. So uh, you know, again, and that's what we are. This is a major theme in our country and in the world now is rebellion. <clears throat> it is the devil who is the rebellious one, and so we see all these things. And then again, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Here we are. So. Uh, men like us who try to stand up for what's good and for what's right. And look, I don't claim to be perfect. I'm not perfect. I try to do the best that I can do and be the best that I can be each and every day of my life because I have to be somebody to and for somebody every day. Uh, however, uh, these types of people, uh, they, they're really out to get men that stand up for what's good and for what's right. It's just amazing how... Everything is just upside down and backwards in our nation and the world. Um, Reverend Bill Bean, thank you so much. Uh, author of the uh, book Dark Forces Revisited, uh, a sp- spiritual deliverance minister. You can follow him at BillJBean.com. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. God bless you. Na, 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 na.